This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. Just before we get into the word, I have been asked to apologize for the absence of your pastor. He himself has a brother who suffered a heart attack, and he had to go by to see him just to make sure that he would be able to speak with him. He did ask me to convey that to the family and also to the church. How time has flown, Sister Anne. 42 years ago when I began ministering the Central Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, I met your family. Everybody called her father King. It's your grandfather. I didn't hear anybody with the corresponding title, so I gave your mother the denomination Queen. I don't know that anybody else called your mother Queen, but I called her Queen. And even after I left Jamaica many, many years, and went back to that community and visited with your mother. It, was, it brought joy to my heart. We go a very long way back. And I can just imagine, just before we open the word, Miss Anne, how painful it must be for you because if I'm doing my calculations right, you spent more time with Uthan than you spent with mommy and daddy. It's a long time. 40 plus years is a very long time. And so, I say to you now what I've said to the members of the family that I ran into when I visited you on those occasions after Uton's death, please accept our deepest condolences. My wife is here with me, but I also bring you the condolences of my son and daughter. Time has really flown, but if we measure what we experience here it's nothing compared to eternity don't you agree with me we measure time in years and decades and centuries sometimes God measures time if you will in eons But we are grateful to God 
that one day he will restore the order that he had in mind from the beginning and crying and tears will be no more. I ask you now to just bow your heads before we open the word. Heavenly Father, we now open your word and ask that your Holy Spirit who inspired the apostle to write the words which we are about to examine will now enlighten our hearts and may we find our comfort and our assurance in you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent in Jesus name we pray Amen open your Bibles if you will to the book of the epistle that Paul wrote to Timothy, the second epistle, chapter 4. And I'm going to be very brief. I see they have me on timer right down there. Second Timothy chapter 4. And I would like to share with you the thoughts found beginning at verse 6. Paul writing to Timothy says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not to me only but to all but unto all them also that love his appearing the apostle Paul was an old man by this by this time by the time he wrote this epistle to Timothy he had been through thick and thin and elsewhere in the chapter you'll read where he asked Timothy to send Mark to him because he said Mark is good for the ministry now this is the same guy that Paul did not want to do ministry by the way that's your homework he says this man is good for ministry Send him to me. Let him come to me. He was abandoned by many, including some whose names he called. He wrote about Demas having left him to go to Thessalonica. The apostle had been through shipwreck, through stoning, and if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he writes there a list of calamities that overtook him as he ministered to the people of God. We could say then that the apostle had been through thick and thin, but he had remained faithful. 
He had been hauled in front of Nero, the infamous Nero that we hear fiddled while Rome burned. He had sent his henchmen to set the place on fire and then to blame the Christians so that he could have reason to persecute them. And here was Paul now being brought before Nero the second time. And somehow he knew that he would not walk away from Nero's presence without the death sentence being pronounced on him. And so it was. But the apostle was assured, even in his chains, he was assured that his ministry was not in vain and that he had served God well. His declaration in verses 7 and 8 are not a boast because this is the same apostle who wrote to the Ephesians telling them, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself, because it is the gift of God. So we have to understand verses 7 and 8, not as a boast coming from the mouth and the pen of Paul, that he had worked his way into heaven, but rather that the grace of God rested upon him. And so he now says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And consequently, he did not fear death because he was assured that by the grace of God, he had been faithful. He had fought a good fight. He had pursued his warfare and had been instrumental in pointing many to his redeemer. He had contributed to their becoming victors over the power of darkness. And now, as his life drew to its close and his warfare about to be accomplished, his race was run. He continues by saying, I have kept the faith. I have lived what I taught. And how important that is. Because there are those who talk, but they don't walk the talk. And so the apostle says, I've kept the faith. I have lived what I have taught. Let us notice first that our own lives is a warfare and a race and that we must live as Christians should. Victory is certain if we are faithful and courageous. 
This man who lies before us lived thus. We don't want to get into the history. The time is running. But I know he was a faithful man. And what was not said in his obituary was that he was the first member of his family to become a Seventh-day Adventist. To yield his life to Christ. To follow the truth and nothing but the truth and the whole truth. And I knew that he said, so help me God. And that's how he lived. Just up the road from your mom's community. And so we must fight the good fight. And we must finish our course. We must not give up until we are made more than conquerors through him that loved us. So what comfort it must be to a dying saint when he can look back in his past life and say with the apostle, and I think Brother Uton could say that, I have fought, I have kept the faith. Let it then be our constant prayer by the grace of God that we finish our course with joy. In Acts chapter 20 verse 24, the same apostle speaking says, but none of these things move me. He was speaking about his life and its distresses and its calamities, being amongst false brethren, being amongst those who would stone him to death, those who dragged him out of the city of Lystra and stoned him and left him there for dead. The time when he was on the ship and he told the shipmaster, don't lift anchor, don't set sail because we are going to run into a storm. That same man that said, you had better stay on board because none will be lost. This is the same man who now says, Acts chapter 20 verse 24, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace of God. And I say, Amen. Verse 8, he continues, Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He had lost for Christ, but he had gained eternal redemption. He wrote to the Philippians in chapter 3, verse 8 of his epistle, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. This crown, which believers shall wear, my friends, is laid up for us. We do not now possess it. For here we are but pilgrims and strangers looking for a city that hath foundation whose builder and maker is God. 
Here we have no abiding city, but we seek one yet to come. Reminded of that old hymn. We have no abiding city here. Sad truth were this to be our home. But yet, let this thought our spirits fill. We seek a city yet to come. When Newton opens his eyes, we will be on our way to that city. You can say amen. And he says, which the Lord, that is the crown, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And here is good news, not only for Newton who now sleeps, but for all of us. He says, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I'm certain that this godly man closed his eyes in sleep. That's what the Bible calls our closing our eyes. It doesn't call it death. For very soon, Jesus will come. You don't sound excited. I said, Jesus will come. And he will set all things in order again. Paradise shall be restored. And the weary pilgrim. And the weary pilgrim. Will go home with Jesus. How is your life my friends? Do we love his appearing? In order to answer this question. We must ask ourselves another question. Are our lives such that we are longing for the return of Jesus? Or are we dreading it because we know that we are not yet fit to meet him and are making no effort to do so? I've heard said many times, and I repeat today, this funeral service is not so much about U-turn. Yes, his passing has brought all of us together, but he can hear none of the accolades that were repeated to affirm his life. His page, his book is closed. But what about you? And what about me? May God have mercy on us. But may we live with the assurance, the certainty that Jesus will come again. And on that great getting up morning, we are going to hear our names. Yutan is going to hear his name. And he's going to rise not as a 69-year-old. Now, I don't know because the apostle says, I has not seen, neither have ears heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has 
gone to prepare for those who love him. I don't know how he's going to look, but I know that you're not going to be able to tell that he was 69 years old because we are going to be living. All those who are caught up, all those who are transformed, we are going to see Jesus and we are going to be like him for we shall see him as he is. Amen. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's Seventh-day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.